Hey there, Friday Night Movie family. We have some amazing news, and we need your help. The Friday Night Movie podcast has been nominated for not one, but two Signal Awards. These are like the Emmys or the Oscars for podcasts, and fan voting has begun. That's going to play a role in who wins, and the links of where to vote are on our Instagram. Just go to the link in bio. There's two links because we're nominated in two categories. The first one we're nominated in, and this will blow your mind, is for best co-host team in a limited series. And this was where we were nominated for the infertility special we did about Lily's fertility journey. The more amazing thing is that in this category, we are up against head-to-head with a legend with Conan O'Brien. So we need every single vote in order to have a chance of winning. But even then, who cares? Because it's pretty amazing. We're probably going to get to lose to Conan O'Brien. We're also nominated for Best Buddy Podcast. That's like a team of hosts. And voting ends on December 22nd. So again, go to at Friday Night Movie on Instagram, hit the link in bio, and there you will see two links to vote Please go and vote. We appreciate so much all the support everyone has given us. We're so honored to be nominated by the Signal Awards, and we'd love to take that even further. So please, if you if you love this show, if you love us, if you don't listen past this bumper, go to those links, vote. And again, we're so grateful to everybody who's been on the show, everyone who supports the show. Everyone who pretends to listen to the show and tells us that to our face, but really listens to other podcasts, we love you, and we are incredibly grateful. And now we hope you enjoy today's episode. another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Today is a mega crossover. This is part one. Part one of this episode of will exist on the Friday Night Movie feed, and then you'll go over to an amazing podcast, The Wrong Cat Died with Mike Abrams, for part two. And yes, you heard the word cat, because that <laughs> We are going to talk about Cats, my favorite musical. Because we haven't done enough episodes yet about Cats. There's no such thing. Speaking of Cats, I heard, because I don't necessarily remember everything that's in all of our episodes, I heard that we even talked about Cats in our now Signal Award episode. (laughs) Don't forget to vote. Forget to vote. Go to our Instagram. It has all the information. We, on where we we did talk about cats. I reminded you the other day that we talked about cats, even in well, you talked about cats about your fertility journey. What could I possibly yeah. have said? <laughs> you, I, I think it's that I um I was like telling you, it's like really big important news or something. I don't know. Everybody should go to the episode and listen to it. But and you were like, I was like, oh, shy. I, you know, to tell you something, and it was like maybe something serious, and you were like you're so excited the Cats movie is coming out because it's around the same time. I was like, or you saw the Cats trailer? I was like, no, I didn't see the fucking Cats trailer. I like had to freeze my eggs or whatever. I was like, <laughs> very serious. And you're like, oh, it's not It's not about cats. Okay. Well, like that. we've got here with us 
Mike Abrams. Uh, Mike, welcome to the family. I'm excited to be here. I'm a fan of the show and happy to participate and probably educate you on a lot of stuff I I would assume you don't know about cats, which is always Mm. fun. I don't know. Mm, me and Becky, Becky, for sure. Shy. Myself and Lily. <laughs> but Shy... I'm I'm so is... curious. What else is there left to, for Shy to learn about I cats? Don't... That's what we'll be. Yeah. like. And, and I'll just say also, Mike was introduced to us by the great Chen Drachman, uh, who has just started her Kickstarter or her crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Indiegogo um, for her But I'm a Shoe animated short so go and see that too so mike let's let's talk about unless lily or becky did lily or becky have a a story i I don't have a story at the top but i do need to say something that so i i am shocked to hear i think i read this right mike that your love of cats like you saw cats as an adult yeah, I would, let's, your, let's your be love careful was with born. the word love. Let's be careful with the word love. Okay, I think there's okay. a fascination. Mike has um, a cat's podcast, but he's I, he's okay, a little okay. emotionally detached from it. You it seem is, very. Uh, I listened to your podcast. You seem so respectful to the people. Like you're just so, you know. It seems like I, I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like maybe love is there. Like, yeah, the, the story of how this podcast started is fairly fascinating to begin with. Um, so I'll give I'll give kind of the the short version because it's kind of a unique thing and I it's, I don't talk about it a ton on my podcast because my podcast has has evolved but I um I'm born and raised in Indiana whole family still in Indiana um, I moved to New York six and a half years ago in 2016 for a job I got recruited and picked up and moved very quickly and I had always been I mean as, if you can't tell by and this is audio but you can't see my background everything in my background until. Like a week ago, I added a playbill is sports. I've got a Pacers pillow. I'm wearing a Pacers t-shirt. I got the all sports. basketball team. Yeah. Indiana I Pacers. was literally going to be like, be like is it the, what, is it a skateboarding team? Yeah, what yeah, do yeah. the Pacers do? Indiana Pacers. They play basketball uh, in the okay. NBA. Uh, so I <laughs> am like, me. I'm not, I'm not like a, a theater person in the sense that just like, I was a fan. I like to go, but I, if you asked me anything pre 2016, I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I hadn't seen any of these like super famous shows. I hadn't seen Les Mis. I hadn't seen Phantom. I hadn't seen Cats. You I didn't grow seen, up like, in musical theater is what you're saying. No. And you know, five shows come to Indiana in a year. Like that's the tour. Like you get five mm-hmm. shows um, and that's it. So I, I went to a couple growing up, but like, I was a fan. I was I was living in the theater district in temporary housing. And I was like, why not? Like, I should go see some of these things. They're here. Mm-hmm. Why not? So the 2016 revival of Cats had just started the previews. And my friend who works in theater was like, oh, let's go. I'll get you tickets to a preview. So I went and it was a matinee. My friend got sick, couldn't even come. I knew about five people living in New York at the time. So I didn't have anybody even call to be like, Hey, you want to go mm-hmm. see cats with, you know, and by the way, your new friends in the city, you're not going to call up and be like, Hey, I got free cats tickets. Who wants to come? So I sat there by myself. Great way to make amazing, in amazing, amazing, tickets, amazing. Like, great tickets from the theater, like unbelievable matinee, second to last preview of the, um, of destiny. The, yeah, of the revival. Yes. Of the 2016. Of the 2016. One of the, at the Neil Simon Theater. Yes, at the Neil Simon Theater. And <laughs> let's just say I didn't know what I was getting into. And I was like blown away in a good way of like, this is really cool. But like as someone who likes sitcoms and like neat and tidy stories, I didn't get that at all. 
And so I had been writing a newsletter-ish type of thing home to people in Indiana about work and New York and the subway and like the stuff that you just don't believe if you're from the Midwest and you don't live here. <laughs> and uh, I, I just suspended that week and just wrote about cats. And I just made, I just made fun of the plot, the whole thing. And can I ask how old you were or are? Thirties. I was in my thirties, probably uh, Mm -hmm. like late twenties, early thirties at the time. Early thirties. So I was, I was a full working adult. Like like, I hadn't been exposed to it all as a kid. Um, My sister, I think went went to like a dinner theater when we were younger, but I had no idea what it was. Um, I just knew it was a punchline. Like it was an easy punchline. So I knew the general cultural piece of cats, but nothing about the the plot, the show, what was going to happen. So fast forward to that trailer that you're talking about of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I got probably 25, 30 texts of people saying like, because they remember I wrote that newsletter, you're just making fun of it. They're like, oh, you're, you, you have strong opinions about cats. And I hadn't thought about cats again since that, <laughs> that movie. Like I hadn't really never thought about it. And so I went on social media and I put a post that said, um, I had a, a picture of me that looked like I was going to give a, uh, I was giving a speech. All I was doing was doing an introduction for something else. And it looks like I'm giving a Ted talk. So I said, Grizabella was the wrong joke choice. The new movie is going to set the record straight. Welcome to my Ted talk. And the Broadway podcast <laughs> network who are a Good. couple friends Ow. of mine who started it said, Hey, that's your podcast. We're going to make a podcast out of that. And I said, let me write one episode leading up to the movie if I can come up with 10, like explaining the cats, explaining what it is as an outsider, I will, I will do 10 episodes for you. And that was my original agreement with their network was I'll write 10 episodes. And I started researching the show. And let me tell you, it is a dark, dark, dark web of theories and stories. Of cats. If you like really dig into 40 years That's of gossip. history, Right. And the relationships that could be there and the backstories, because there's not enough in there, like people fill in the blanks and you start filling in the blanks with this actor's interpretation of that character. Some of it gets really dark. Some of it gets really sexual. Some of it gets really kind of crazy. And so I found so much stuff. A lot of fan fiction. Yeah. Fan fiction is I did almost a full episode on it from Mistopheles (laughs) about fan fiction. Um, and so I, I wrote the 10 episodes and about halfway through a couple people from 2016 cast heard about it. And I, oh I did, this is getting better I did interviews. Better. So I started interviewing them and I realized the interviews are way more fun because everybody has a very different interpretation right. of how their character should be portrayed within some confines. And so I started doing interviews and it was one, it was way more fun for me. I got to hear somebody else's take and it was fun for me because I also got to like say, here's kind of how I've heard about it or how I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And we started debating all around also the thesis at the end that like, I don't think Grizabella should be the one that go to the heavyside layer. So what do you think and how else can we interpret it? And like all the other pieces of the show. And it's so it's, you know, like cats has basically created a universe and they don't give you much to work off in that universe. You get two hours and 45 minutes. And so there's a lot of open ended questions and it snowballed. So I went from there to just interviewing a few cast members to then saying, Oh, you should talk to this person. You should talk to this person. And as of now, I've talked to, over 15 different productions 
So the like Royal Caribbean cruise, Vienna, West End, tours, cruise where it's like a cats themed cruise because I'm against cruises, but I'm interested in this. Not it's still it's still on. It's called the Oasis of the Seas. The the Oasis uh, of the Seas. The Oasis of the Seas does a now a ninety minute version because they had to cut intermissions because no one came back after intermission because it is just performed twice during the murdered and pushed over the boat. Yeah, I mean it's also like. (laughs) You're not paying for it. You're not doing so. Right. So I've talked to the those cast members. I've talked to almost every different cat, like cat character, and I'm nearing 100 episodes um, of that, and it's continuing. I I pretty much have said I will document. I now feel like I'm documenting cat's history because I'm getting everybody's like interpretation of their character from the source from them. And it's fun because they all have different things. So I had two Victorias arguing with each other the other day because one said one thing and one was like, nope, that's not right. And it was like, they were going back and forth and they were just messaging it to me being like, that person's wrong. This person's wrong. I'm like, I'm out of this. Like I, I have no qualms. But like, <laughs> this is amazing. I, everyone thinks it's like my favorite show. I've, I've only seen it like, on stage twice and I've seen the movie, the 1998 movie twice and I've seen the regular movie, the 2019, which we're going to talk about because it's the three-year anniversary, like this upcoming weekend. I've seen that one and a half times because I tried to show my my family right when it came out on DVD, and they about halfway through they go, "Does this get any better?" And I said, "No, not really." And they <laughs> turned talking it off. about the Skimble Shanks dancing deep into is amazing. So, um, Becky and Mike, I, I, I'm not sure. Sorry, I, I stand by you. that that no. new song that was written. Oh, I yeah. stand by. Oh, yeah, I stand. I agree. By. I agree. I, I'm going to interrupt everyone to tell Mike that you were speaking to a man, Shy Corman, who plays like who for his children when they were smaller would play the on repeat the old VHS of the live Broadway show DVD. Yeah, the nineteen ninety eight movie. Nineteen ninety eight stage recording. Stage recording for his family, not one time, but many times. Oh yeah. Comment. Hey, to, you, gotta get young. you gotta get them young, right? So that when they're little, they f- like fully know Feel the songs. Like- that's yeah. because, as I've said many times on this show, it's because you gotta, you gotta, you have to have a sense of wonder. And when you're little, you have a bigger sense of wonder. You also are terrified of things like McCavity and the Rumpus Cat, but that's a that's a different story. Okay, Mike, one of the best things you do on your show is that I love that I actually do in my imagination all the time uh, is. Uh, <laughs> transpose the cats to different universes and like a favorite thing uh and i feel like i even heard you compare them to seinfeld once did you do seinfeld i haven't done seinfeld i i did i did the the fun ones i did sports which was super fun because i had a comedian who was mostly sports commentary but was cousins with the skimble shanks from 2016 so that was fun <laughs> we've done i do pretty much anytime i do a new show like if i talk to somebody in the show i try to do their show i just did billions um with um I yeah, billions was show. fun some are really easy and some are really hard i've done wicked before i've done a couple yeah i've done a handful okay so we're gonna throw one at you now because our our we're gonna we're gonna catch a lot of things here at the same time uh we um we our last episode was all based around predicting the final episode of 
White Lotus. Now that still hasn't come out yet because of the recording schedule. So we're deep into White Lotus predictions. By here. the time this episode airs, though, it will have mm-hmm. come. No, yeah. no, it won't. Yeah, it should. Right? No, it will have come out by the time this episode. Airs. Right. All right. It's coming it out. out. It comes out on Monday. Okay. And we did our predictions. And one of the things that Becky, Becky hadn't actually seen the second to last episode. And Becky's very good at watching complicated TV shows. And Becky immediately messaged Lily and me asking us if if we were actually watching the same show because there were a we whole bunch of things so we could stuff. do, including the picture that I thought was I I didn't I did not make the connection. I, I was watching on an iPad, so I Greg. I also really good. That guy's name was Greg. Is in the picture of Jennifer Coolidge of the of the rich of the guy. uncle of the uncle the uncle that Richard that and what? Yeah, oh my God. Mike didn't get it. Well, I, it's a I'm, picture of the uncle and Greg as young men as cowboys. Greg uh, is the cowboy. Greg is the cowboy that he would do anything for love. 30 years later. This, wow. Oh, Greg is the cowboy that he was in love with. Oh, you didn't even get that from the texts? I was okay. like, oh, I guess they I guess they know each other. Greg is Uncle no, Rico. No, Greg right? is his. Yeah, Greg is Uncle yeah. Rico. Okay. Yeah. And Greg is his unrequited love from when he was younger. That he tells Jennifer Coolidge about. I miss all this. I'm not. She sees the picture, but she's like on coke and doesn't pay attention. Or maybe she notices and that's why she's going to survive. The plan is thwarted. Maybe he should have hid that Mm. picture. Either way, I love Becky's message to us that said, guys, it's not the witcher. It's not not that that hard to follow. There's not that many plot. But then on on our new Instagram account, um at fnm sisters i posted about that and i got some messages from people being like oh wow and they had a few like questions so we did a service by not knowing that see and mike didn't know i didn't know that but i also am a very multi-screen tv watcher so i mean they really have to this was clearly you know against those type of people now becky do you have any do you have any record you want to set straight before we have mike do his predictions, but also thread cats into White Lotus. Any records I want to set straight? From the last episode, because you hadn't seen the last episode. You I hadn't seen Greg. I Greg is all this the stuff cowboy. Greg is the cowboy. And uh, no, and I think I think my prediction that I think Lucia is angling for... Albie to bring her back to LA a green card that's what I think that's I don't think she's trying to swindle them out of money I mean I think she'd be happy to but I think she's angling for Albie to save her and bring her back to to LA those those were my like marry her and get a green card yeah yeah like save her and get her away from there and bring her back that's what I think it would be two seasons in a row where like I'm thinking of um oh my god I love her but I still have no idea who's dead it almost feels irrelevant like the it has to be the uncle and all the those uncle. people that are dead. Yeah. It has to be like a whole bunch of Well, them. I assume they're gonna try and kill Jennifer Coolidge to get the money and then she'll outsmart them or Portia will save her or something and then they'll die. I don't I think she'll sort of accidentally outsmart them. No, she's smart. That's one of the she's, things this season. Is that she's mm-hmm. smarter than she looks. Okay, Mike, what are your predictions? Just you don't have to say like all of the predictions, but do you have any predictions associated with the White Lotus finale? I have 
more questions than I have predictions. Becky I think, can answer those for you. Becky can think, answer all of them. Sure. One question is, is how in one hour are they going to like, close all the different storylines that are open? Because there's a lot. Maybe it's a two-parter. Maybe this will go into season three. No, I think it's all going to no. all converging. I think it's all going to be chaotic. Think about how chaotic the last episode of the last season was. And they and they won't resolve. If Lucia goes off with Alba, we're never going to see them again. The only thing that feels that it's going to be chaotic and difficult to wrap up is Tanya's story. Because I think what Harper is trying to do, I think Harper is trying to get Ethan to out Cameron as a cheater in front of Daphne. I think that's what she's angling to do. I think she's now trying to mess with him and mess with his head to get him so enraged that he breaks and he says the secret in front of everyone and is a way it's to facade is raise a way for her to punish Cameron and Ethan. It's all of that. That's what I think. Daphne, so I think that's going to be very easy to wrap up. And I think that's what Daphne's working towards. She like switched her tune and no, she's Harper. like, all right, let's see. Yeah. Harper. Harper. Sorry. That's what she's, that's what Harper's. We're just, I think she's going to try and switch. I think that's why she all of a sudden in the second half of the episode was just behaving really differently. And I think that's easy to wrap up. Um, the whole Lucia and whatever her friend is and, Mia. Yeah. Mia, that's going to be also pretty easy. It's the the really I chaotic Mia one. Is and Valentina be. fall in love and like get married. Ooh. Sure. I think I think it's the just pian- a good way to to soften. I think it's a good it's a good way to to soften Valentina and just get her to take her guard down a bit and take it down a notch a little bit. So I, I was at a holiday party and we were debating this because I had the notes and I brought this up and there was two things that nobody could agree on. Oh, and they were split down the middle on okay. these two themes. One was, is Ethan gay? And he was in love with oh. Cam. And that's why their oh. marriage is a little rocky. And they oh, were, there's some it? like animosity there. So that was one. Oh. And then oh, is good... Albie problematic or is he wholesome? And there was a very- oh, the Shy and I argue about that all the time. Heated debate on if he's a problematic character or if he is just a nice- and I think he's just like people, assault- people want to make him problematic. Explain to me why is he problematic? My sister's convinced me he's just like self righteous 20 something year old, and like that's what he is. He and needs to do those right are the lead, like college graduates are so unlikable, you know, in their <laughs> due to their <laughs> self confidence that I think that's why this person might like why why like I instinctively didn't like Albie but the more and more my sisters defend him the more and more I, I, and again I don't think you need to like him I think he's with just, an escort is that no I don't think he I don't think he's supposed to be very likable he's supposed to be a a exactly what he is a privileged kid who just got out of college who um you know, has a bleeding heart and cares so much and as a way of compensating for all of his privilege, you know? And he's but just he's very young and he's to his dad up. who he hates for screwing up his childhood. So that's why he's repeating the dad's mistakes. Is he repeating that's... the dad's mistakes? Well, or, or throwing the dad's mistakes in his face. Like he's not going to listen to the dad's Wait, but advice. I want to know how we're going to, how are, where are cats coming into this? Oh, I, I'll, I'll, wait, Mike, 
Do you Sorry. say more on on whether or not Albie's problematic? Like I was, I was fascinated just hearing. It's just, it was the exact same thing last night. Just oh yeah, just well, adding, just adding a lot in? more alcohol what, to that conversation. What, what camp do you fall? In? I I think the Ethan piece is super interesting because that mm-hmm. when, yeah. when I heard that I was like that makes sense Agreed. because That's there's a, a yeah. lot of like. You could see when you look at it, it's like, is he mad at his wife or is he mad at now Theo James? What's his name? Cameron? Cameron? Cameron. Is he mad at Cameron because that was his like love interest in college? And that, Mm. like, so that one I was like, so it's interesting that they show us the porn that he's, you know, enjoying himself to. Like, the show is really good at dropping clues. And I do think it's interesting that they show us that angle and you see what he's looking at. They could have not shown us and you that's wouldn't true. have known. But that's true. but again, it does that wouldn't necessarily make a difference. But that's a yeah, remember interesting mm-hmm. theory. I like that though. I hadn't thought about the Albie being problematic. I just was like, oh, this is a character that is like pretentious, but not problematic. Mm-hmm. And so I was more of the camp of, okay, he's just, you know, he's on a vacation that he probably doesn't even want to be on and is trying to make the most of it. And like then got angry because he's you know again feels like he's deserved a lot of stuff but i never looked at it as like oh this is this is somebody who like there were some heated people who were like no this character is is bad and so no i yeah i don't i'm not in that camp i don't think okay bad. Uh, so how does this connect to cats so on mike I mean, if he's bad who's good mike <laughs> up the cats with characters so mike we've now we've stalled we've given you time here how I, I had to prep for these because these are hard to do. How to do any of the white I, I did say this. I open it up and I say any of the white lotus characters. So it does not have to be the just, main characters. Just no, just season two though. Like because oh okay. right, right because that's a lot to ask is to transpose a TV show. Um, so I, I given Mike both seasons of White Lotus to play with, transpose some cats into white lotus so this is some real niche podcasting here people because you have to be a white lotus fan <laughs> and a cats fan to yeah, do, you, do you have thoughts on this as well or do you because i i no, do I have my, i left my mind blank i spent okay. i spent my energy prepping mine for don't for don't, okay. don't worry mike he i'm gonna do come this up with it on the spot because this is probably his favorite game yeah, it's um, well, it does take like this is where 100 episodes help because if you would have told me this at episode five, I'd have been like, I don't even know the other cats' names, you know. <laughs> so I did look, I did just a season because I was like, I don't even remember season one enough to go back to it. So yeah. I'm gonna go, um, some are hard, some are easy. There's some overlap because there's less, there's only so many cats, especially when you start talking about the female cats. There's only a handful that really kind of have enough substance to be able to make one, but. Um, and then I really had to figure out names because I didn't know any of the. Um, the oh, I just have nicknames for them. I've been, names. Calling, I've been calling Ethan Seth the whole time. Yeah, so I did look <laughs> them up. So I will go through who I think they are. Um, or do you want to throw out? How about you all throw out the character and then I'll tell you who I think they are. Oh, okay. Oh, well, season two. That specific. I, yeah. I mean, I think Lucia. it's very obvious. Who do you think is Lucia? So I have Lucia and Mia together and mm-hmm. I have them as Bomb, Ballerina and Demeter. Yeah. What I think becomes interesting about that is I think Mia started as Demeter because the character of Demeter has a very dark backstory that they were sexually abused by McCavity, and that's why they're skittish and they like are very like reserved. And I felt like Mia was really reserved. And Bombalierina was probably a little bit more open and you know forthcoming. I think they actually two have flipped though as you go through the season. So I originally mm-hmm. had it as Mia's Demeter and Bombalierina as Lucia. But now I think like Mia's more open and having her Valentina time and and Lucia's you're starting to see the like 
she's getting a little scared of the the past. So I think it's still those two and they're kind of sisters or best friends. And I just don't know which order they are because I feel beginning of the season is different than the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. Lucia is the darker of the two and and Mia is the more bombastic, not really thinking about the consequences of the two of them. Yeah. See, I would have put them together and said they're Rum Tum Tugger because they're very sexual and a performer. So I'm like... Doesn't that no? I think that's true. I mean, they cause some chaos um, too, which mm-hmm. is like his whole thing. Everyone's what, falling what's over. Great about them, this is there's know? no there's no right answer to it. It's just okay. your your interpretation of right. of their story versus some cat's story from forty years ago. <laughs> now that we've started talking about this, I do have one in mind, and I have one in mind <laughs> for Tanya Jennifer Coolidge. Who 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 Isabella? No, that's what I had. I had so I, I put her as either <laughs> Jenny Annie Dots. Oh, yes. Jenny Annie Dots. But the Jenny Annie Dots, this is more movie inspired, more of the Rebel Wilson kind of insane mm-hmm. party dancing roaches. Mm-hmm. Annie Dots. For sure. Or Judy Dench Deuteronomy, just because. It's again, it's another one that's so weird, and she's just so weird. But in this season, they've shown how wise she is. Yes. I <laughs> I am much more with you, Lily, that I had her as Grisabella, but I had her as Grisabella yeah. before she comes back to the tribe. So Grisabella goes off, leaves right. the tribe. I've always called her bald Brittany. Like she's in her like bad stage of life. <laughs> bald Brittany. And and like I, you know, the I had just watched the episode. You've got her doing coke. She's, you know, got a um, yeah. rough marriage right. right now. Like she's in some stuff with the, you know, the this whole group that she just kind of met up with and doesn't know anything about. So I have her as the Grizabella character, which I think would fit if she gets her redemption story, which is she's not the one that gets killed and she comes back mm-hmm. and has some kind of piece there. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. I think, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This is this I is like what's it. problematic is in 2016, I wouldn't have been able to even tell you any of this. And now I can it, do I it. I find that amazing. Thinking. I think that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so now I'll, I'll Destiny flip. Destiny has brought you here. I'll flip it the other way. Wh- my favorite cat will and always be Monkestrap. Which person is Monk? Is there a Monkestrap amongst them? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. I have Monkestrap as Ethan. Oh, interesting. Oh, I had I have that hmm. as No No, the grandpa. <laughs> oh, okay. I I think I can do no wrong. Like, He's great. <laughs> Pretty straight, like Monkey Strap is pretty straight laced, wants to be in charge, wants to be in control, but like not yet. And so that's kind of how I had Ethan is like he's he's really pretty reserved, but wants to be more in control of everything going on. And you see some of the like the cutscenes of that where he's been like like the all the stuff with Aubrey Plaza. And so that's mm-hmm. where I kind of had him there. But I also had the Monkish Trap Cameron. Um, oh, like I had Cameron as Tugger. Like oh, just I had, Ca- I had, oh, yeah. I had Cameron sense. as Tugger Cameron when I was thinking. Definitely yeah. around and, yeah. and Monk is trapped and Tugger are brothers. So that's a pretty known Oh, Ethan, piece. Cameron. But I feel like that kind of fit too. With, oh, even though they're not brothers, they're great. very they're very kind of close into that. Monkish Strap and Tugger are brothers? And McCavity are all Old Deuteronomy sons. That's There's a few things that are like pretty well established or at least most like that's considered not, and those three are, are, that's one that's well considered. That's not something that I have 
seen a ton of, but uh, that's also because I, I mean, but, but that works for all of the headcanon I have. Like, okay. So is anyone Mistopheles or do we not have a Mistopheles on this show? The white I had self. I had I had uh, Albie as Misto, but it's it's not perfect because he's a little bit more show like showmanship. I had trouble with the Bert Dom Albie like trio because mm-hmm. they don't really naturally fit. I think Dom the like there's some maybe some Gus in there of like the old I've lived my life with um mm-hmm. with grandfather I'm and then from a saucer even yeah. though I'm a 75 year old man and then I have the, one of them could be Buster for Jones because he just feels like a mob boss to begin with and mm-hmm. you know the guys from Sopranos oh, that's where yeah. I know him from so um so I had Misto just in there because it's like Albie is a little on the younger side wants to be more involved in, in the scene and everything but there's not like I didn't find a clear cut for Misto there's nobody that's like over the top yeah showman in the show that i got mm-hmm. it's probably because it's hard to do that with how many storylines they got going on i mean as many storylines as cats at least okay <laughs> uh one more is there a victoria who i don't think so victoria for i'm sorry I, we haven't been explaining this audience victoria is the white cat the ballerina the the dancer francesca hayward plays her in the movie i didn't have a victoria i can run through run you quickly through the other ones i had i had um, Greg as Gus, because he was kind of on the verge of death, but hasn't died yet from season one. Oh, and, now. Yeah. Um, and he kind of look, kind of looks like him, <laughs> kind of looks like him in a lot of ways. That's great. Um, I had Portia as um, Joey Lorem. So very caring, has to take care of other people. Not sure. But Joey Lorem is old. Yeah, I mean. Wouldn't wouldn't Portia be maybe Syllabub, a.k.a. Yeah. in the British version? Yeah, you could fit Syllabub or, you know. The cat, the kitten. Yeah. Um, I have Harper, which is Aubrey Plaza, as as Jenny, just very um, straight lace. Also, she sleeps in every morning, and that's like. <laughs> um, Daphne, I also had as Bombell Arena. She's just kind of a free spirit, not doesn't care about anything. Knows that Tugger's cheating on her, but whatever, doesn't care about it. Um, Quentin, Quentin, I had as Buster Jones, just form a cavity, kind of mob bossy, like especially mm-hmm. recently. And then Jack was hard. I had Jack as potentially Mungo Jerry when he was like kind of harmless, but like being paid by a rich family to just kind of cause chaos. That feels like Mungo Jerry and Rumpel mm-hmm. Teaser. But I feel like if he gets right. turned into a villain, then there's some some challenges yeah, there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then, I feel like he's a bystander, but yeah, yeah I guess maybe mm-hmm. if he's roped into killing her or something, then like being paid to kill her or something. My personal or, favorite, my personal yeah. favorite is Valentina. Is Skimbleshanks? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. She, she keeps, the railway cat, the railway cat, keeps keep everything, everything on time, keeps everything. And then running. also, if you, I had an episode with Will Rowland, um, who's big on Broadway, who's in Dear Dear Evan Hansen and Be More Chill and a bunch of other stuff. He was one in Billions, and he has this hot take that Skimbleshanks is like into all kinds of kinky stuff. And I was like, oh, it's Valentina. Like she's exploring that side of her, but isn't there yet. And so that was the one I thought was like, that's probably the clearest one I had a picture of. Okay. That's amazing. Fantastic. That's amazing. All right. Now we're going to play some of some buy rent men, which is the signature Friday night movie game. I don't know if we'll do all of them, but we'll throw a couple at you. The one I'm most interested, so Byron, meh, the audience knows, but just to recap, we throw three things at our guests. The guest must then force rank each of them according to buy, rent, or meh, buy being the 
that's one you want to take home and own that VHS you want to own, rent being the one you only want for a couple of days. Maybe you'd pay late fees on it, maybe not. And then meh, you can really decide what that meh means. It can be disgust, it can be indifference. It's just not buyer rent. So the most problematic cat. Now, I suggested to you to choose between Growl Tiger, whose song has has been removed from the play. It has a little bit of, a, to put it lightly, some racial insensitivity in it. Uh, <laughs> Deuteronomy, who now even more is he, fa- he fathered lots of kids and the kids are all at war with each other. And then I, I put in Rum Tum Tugger because he, he's very thrusty, but maybe he also, you know, maybe he's not a dirtbag. Maybe he's into consent. I don't know. But which, now, how do you respond to this list? Because I understand you might have some edits to the list. I have three total different. Oh, so you don't even want to play this one. Right, go for no, it. No, no, I think, I think I love the game. Um, but when we talk about problematic, I had a couple different thoughts of what's more problematic um, of cats. So I, and growl tigers in that, that range, but I, so I had it as I'm going to buy street tugger. So if you don't know what street oh, tugger street is, street tugger is a specific rendition of rum tum tugger. Yeah, from like probably 2012 or something like just before the Broadway revival in London, they decided to turn tugger into a rapping hip hop cat and like oh gold chain. Let's just say it didn't go well. I, I um, saw a video of it and I was in mortal fear that the rum tum tugger I would see in 2016 was that one. Yeah. And so a couple of the people that did it though are like, unbelievable performers i feel so bad because like i really want to talk to one of them and none of them want to go on record on it so i want to buy that because it's my favorite punchline to use i use it for like i have the picture i know the performer and i use it all the time because it's just it was such a bad mistake and it was again pretty problematic as a decision to begin with so that's my buy my rent is mccavity because if you look mccavity has a line in his song that is uh, a little um has a lot of implications depending on how you read it but one of the lines of the song is he's broken every human law and if you think about that there are some human laws that are like oh that's kind of fun like it'd be fun to see mccavity doing text you know fraud but then it's like there's also (laughs) some that would be a little a little not fun to talk about and that's like so if, if he's broken every human law there is a wholesome version of that, and there's a not wholesome version of that. Doesn't that imply bestiality? It implies a lot cat, of that. What? Yeah. His whole life is bestiality. He's a cat. No, yeah. but I mean Other he, like it like a, a like, human, like a human law. Right. Is so that you like, don't have sex so, with animals. Sex with animals. So, so he broke. Or- I just think that he had sex with a human. Doesn't mean he had sex with a human. Oh, I thought you were going to mean... But it's not a cat law, so for him, he's fine. But But it's a human law not to have sex with a cat. No, but maybe different species. So maybe he had sex with like a pigeon. No, I bet he had sex with a human. (laughs) 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 There's a lot. We don't have to dissect it. All right, and who's your your third one? Uh, and then I had the Growl Tiger Jemima. I think like just renaming the cats. I don't, there's some, there's plenty of others. Like there was a Siamese cat that they did in Growl Tiger. There's some other things. I, it's, it's healthy um, progression, but like they didn't change Jemima. They just renamed her. So it's like, they, how much do they really fix to this? So some of it's like, it's just, you know, there's a bunch of like ensemble cats that have random names and it's different. Well, in every I, country. I actually, I, I think she's only renamed in the United States, right? Yeah, so exactly. Because the there's a Gilbert and Street in... Tugger also still calls her Jemima. Yeah. So that's when I was like, man. Um, so okay. that's my three in there. 
And but how do you rank in that order? Is that your order? Yeah, by rent, by Tugger, Street Tugger, Rent, McCavity, and Meh, and Jamaica. Okay. And uh, well, I guess we got to know now which cat should have died. Oh, this is a. Oh, I have three of you. Grizabella, Skimble Shanks, and Gus the Theater Cat. These are Grizabella actually dies in the play and gets reborn. Skimble Shanks, it's always unclear to me which ones are up for re rebirth because it doesn't strike me rum tum tugger's old enough but he gets has a whole song and then uh skimble shanks seems like he's on the older edge he's been working that train for a long time then gus theater cat is very old he's very he limps ian mckellum's just lapping up milk (laughs) Uh, yeah so i'm gonna pose this to you all first because this is gonna be a deep dive in our in part two of this on my podcast so i think the 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 biggest question is how does old deuteronomy make his decision every year and I'll, I'll start with that question to you all. How do you think he decides every year? I I mean... Is it like, a yearly activity? One yeah, cat dies every year. year? Yeah. It's but they don't like, die. They don't die. They go to the... What's it called? Heaviside heavy heavy lair. lair. Heaviside lair, yeah. They're like a life. Uh, yeah, so it's not really they're dead. Well, but it's, it's different because I'm sure cats get hit by cars and die all the time in this world. This is a different type of... Like, it's an ascension, you know? You... Like You're Nirvana. spiritually raised up to a different place. My, my very childlike brain, thinking of our parents, like mm-hmm. that, like what they told us was like, yeah, the one with the best song. And and I'm not a memory fan. I've always found memory kind of a drag because before I ever even saw Cats the play, it would always end up being sung in any one of our Jewish day school recitals. Like, <laughs> you'd, get so like you'd get like... Hatikva, chai, 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 and then Leslie Sherman would sing "Memories" with the best voice, and uh, so for so I was never super into that song because I was way too familiar with it. But that's what my parents said. So I think I mean, as a kid though, it, I would never understood Grizabella. I was you know, but I mean, I think it's about who was who had the most. I think Deuteronomy knows things about the character, the cats and their redemption arcs that the younger cats don't understand. And in some ways, part of part of it is less Deuteronomy is about him. It's more about the other cats coming around and understanding and seeing what Deuteronomy sees. And so that that's where I go. And I think he or she, depending on which version or they uh, know know from the beginning it's Grizabella's time that she's that that she's that she wants to get back she's done her part it's really actually on the part of the rest of the tribe to let her back in and once that happens Grizabella goes so that's my rationale Lily Becky yeah. have you spent as much time thinking about this as me since 1991 I don't okay I I don't have a problem that it's her so the premise of your podcast is uh, uh, uh. I'll say this also. I think the movie makes a much better case than the play. That's I it. saw the play many years ago and was always on board. I was like, she's she looks like she's had a hard time. Let her enjoy the heavy side layer. She does have the best song. Enjoy. Okay. All these other young cats can like keep keeping it real down on the not heavy side layer, and they'll earn their chance. But like, I would she say like she needed a bath stat. Like, I feel like get that cat into a warm bath up in the heavy side later, let her chill, and someone else will have her turn next time. I feel like it's clear Sorry. what Shai said that Deuteronomy knows things that we don't know and mm-hmm. understands their redemption arcs mm-hmm. and ways that we don't understand because just surface layer, I would think 
Gus deserves it. It's sort of, I see it as who's put the most time in, you know, who's done the most acts of service for the cat community and now is ready to move. So on the surface, I would think Gus the theater cat. Um, but it, clearly, I we don't know, we don't have all the information. And I'm not yep. going to presume to argue with Deuteronomy, even if I'm not, I don't 100% understand mm-hmm. his or slash. Now, you know, now that Becky's describing this, though, there is a bit of a misdirect. Gus is on stage for a lot that, of that play. He has a is. long solo. I think it is a misdirect. I was going to mention that, that part of me like was shocked as a kid and like, oh, oh, wait, like somebody else. And I think that that's part of it. Plus, you know, there's sort of like this, uh, you know, this outcast underdog type story of this, you know, the bully, whatever, the one that's been shunned will then get to rise up. There's, you know, that's always super motivating and inspiring. I love hearing you all debate it. Let's unpack some of this for for you. (laughs) Um, So I, I do think Old Deuteronomy has more knowledge, but I think there is, I've heard from different Old Deuteronomies, one piece of this, which is he knows all, before the ball starts that Grizzabelle is coming back because he's all knowing and others saying, actually, he's picking Skimble or somebody else. And then when Grizzabelle comes back halfway through, he changes his mind. So there isn't consensus there, which it makes it pretty interesting of like how all knowing is he? Um, I do think, shall we use in the beginning? So my joke stemmed from, I saw Leona Lewis. I left this out in the beginning. I saw Leona Lewis was my Grizzabelle mm. the first time. Wow. And I knew her from the cool. X Factor. Like that's all I knew her from, you know, bleeding love. So I knew that. So I was excited to see her belt memory. Mm -hmm. Um, But as it went, I'm like, this is a really weird X factor. Like I'm watching a a singing competition. Oh yeah. That's so cool. I'm voting as, um, you know, the audience, which I do think the tour could do, which I've been trying to push the tour to do. Like, let's vote, (laughs) let the, let the crowd vote and pick a different person tonight. But if I'm voting, yeah. If I'm voting as an audience member, I'm not picking Grizabella. I love memory. I thought it was great. I thought Leona Lewis was a great singer. Mamie Paris, who I saw do it the second time, like is phenomenal. I'm picking in true X Factor fashion. I'm taking Tugger and Mistopheles together and I'm making them the next one direction. And I'm going to combine two solos. <laughs> that's who I'm picking. 90% of the fan fiction is about their love story anyways. So I know the audience is on my side. That to me were the ones where I was like, these are fun. Like these are fun that you can vote on. So I think if you take a American Idol X Factor style, you get one answer. You also gave two other versions, which is it's a redemption arc. So then if that's the, the one, it's probably is Grizabelle. That's probably your biggest one. But I would argue, do you have a redemption arc every year? Like, is someone going to have that every year? Probably not. So I don't mm-hmm. buy that one from old Deuteronomy as much. Right. But I think the third one was, is, is that he teaches a lesson and it can be a different lesson every year. And then it becomes a, okay, the lesson he teaches is redemption this year, and that's why it's Grizabella, but what's the lesson he's going to teach next year? My biggest challenge with Grizabella right now, if you ignore my joke, which is that I want Tucker Mustafa, that was how this all started. This didn't start from like this like deep-rooted knowledge that I have now. The most common answer is Gus. Yeah, that makes sense. Besides Grizabella, it's those two are the most common answers, or you've got some humorous versions. But my challenge is if you are going to give Grizabella her redemption, why bring her back to her family that she's wanted and longed to become back to right. and then immediately kill her? Like, let her go to a year's worth of birthday parties and like get to see her daughter <laughs> that she abandoned. And like, let's give her, she's next year's choice for me. 
Ooh, she can go wow. next year. Have you seen Spirited with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, not yeah. I heard it's great. Check though. out Spirited. There, there's an element I don't know how there that, that has anything to do with this. I, I'm just saying there's an element there actually that that would give me a different approach. Okay, Mike Abrams of the Wrong Cat Died podcast. Everyone, remember this is part one of two, so you're going to hear part one. Part two is going to continue on Mike's show. And uh, but before we head out, we always got to get our shout outs and recs. Uh, you know, this is maybe the most important part of the show. Mike, A, where can people follow you and what have you been watching? What do you recommend? Yeah. So at the wrong cat died on Twitter, as long as it survives uh, Instagram and TikTok. Um, wrong cat died on any uh, podcast platform. Uh, and it's part of the Broadway Podcast Network, which is great. If you are a theater fan, there are some incredible shows on their network that are not all about cats. So if you are into theater, uh, I highly recommend checking out uh, the Broadway Podcast Network and the, I think, 200 plus shows that are part of that network. Very cool. And what do you recommend? Oh, so I um, I have a couple, but I don't think any of them are like that that new. So I'll give you some fun things. I no, that's fine. People like old stuff too. People just are sometimes looking for a show. So go. Yeah. For it. yeah. I, I emphasize that I watch a lot of reruns of sitcoms and I've always been a sitcom fan. My favorite sitcom is Yes, Dear, which is generally a hot take for a lot of people. Um, if you remember Yes, Dear from the like five or six years it was on ABC. I don't know, but I feel like you're really speaking Shy's language here. No, no. Uh, yes, Dear. I don't, I mean, I don't want No, I just mean like old sitcoms that you watch reruns of that Basically, you love. Basically, what does TBS sin- like just have on for hours on end was, <laughs> it was Yes, Dear for a while. Now it's like, you know, it's Friends and Seinfeld. So like, and so like you theory. fell asleep watching the Pacers on TBS yeah. and then you're just watching the reruns. Yeah, just keep watching it over and over again. Um, so the ones that I have is uh, I just, I, I've loved on Netflix Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Like, super mm-hmm. fun, not super new. Uh, good chance I might be getting to, for a separate thing, talk to Ralph Macchio. So I'm pretty pumped about that. That's it's, it's, it's fun. Where it, are the OG podcast to cover that show when it was on youtube youtube red i got a subscription and we watched it for a while that episode was our most listened to episode by like a long shot and i think it's because we're the only ones who thought to cover it so that's i love it um and then shy met ralph macchio yeah and and and, well ralph macchio billy zapka and martin cove at comic-con when they were just like at the bottom, you know, sort of not the huge attraction at a Comic Con. They were they were an attraction, but there was no like right. line. That's awesome. We also brought Martin Cove matzah and butter for Passover. <laughs> he couldn't have been the nicest Jewish grandpa you've ever met. It couldn't be a nicer Jewish grandpa in the world than Martin Cove. Amazing, it's incredible, amazing. Um, I have loved Letterkenny. Oh, so getting oh, So I'm a hockey player. I grew up playing hockey. I started playing when I was three years old. Um, I still play here in New York. So Letter Kenny, and then I've enjoyed the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney Plus, even though it's definitely not geared towards me. It's super fun to like have that. Did season um, two come out? Season two came out. It's uh, season. Yeah, he he's off for from what I've heard, somewhat controversial reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, they replaced him with another. I forget the guy's name, but Gosh, another person. Oh, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say it's someone that everyone knows. I was like, oh, this is a good new, essentially exact same character. Um, so I enjoyed that. And then the one I've watched a lot of, and they've had a couple really good recently ones, is Netflix is like 30 for 30, which is called, I think it's called Untold. 
Mm-hmm. They had um they've done the documentary. So they did one on Manti Teo, which was fascinating about how he got catfished. Um they did one on right. Pacers. Uh, wait, did wait, did you watch that one? I did I watch was, it. It's crazy. I was, is is it though? Okay, because I was I couldn't tell if it was like exploitive or I couldn't tell like what it was, if it was actually like interesting to watch, I, but I was yeah. interested in watching it. I was pretty close to that story when it was live because I was in Indiana. I, I had friends at Notre wow. Dame that were like that worked on the football team that knew him and were friends with him. And I didn't know 90% of like the, the depth of, the of that. So like, right. it was really interesting to see. Um, and they've had a Pretty couple wild. other ones. Like they did one on the Malice right. and the Palace, which was the Pacers brawl, which was a little too close to home for me. Mm-hmm. And then they did one on the NBA official that was um, betting and cheating. So they've just done a really good, like deep dive on it's some really stuff that I've really liked. If you're a mm-hmm. sports fan, they've done some fascinating documentaries. But I feel like these kinds of stories, it's like goes beyond even sports fandom because some scandal. Yeah. Like I don't care about the sports, but those are some serious scandals. Yeah. All right. Beck and Lil. Uh, Beck and Lil. Thank you, Mike. Beck Beck and Lil. Uh, Where can people follow you? And do you have any recs? People can follow us at FNM Sisters, our joint Instagram account. It is adorable. Baby pictures and food that we eat. Pretty much that's it. <laughs> and um and I have two words for you. Harry and Megan, Netflix. Ugh. Really? You're watching oh, that? Hundred percent. Watched really? in the past. Have watched. Watched. Oh. I've watched the first three episodes. I am going to watch I, I root for all of the succession characters more than the people in the royal family. <laughs> I don't I mean I don't care about the real family, but I'm really interested in the story. And um I cannot wait to watch the following episodes that will be released with your wife, Shai, when I visit you in the States. So great. Becky. That's all. um well I'm really excited. I finally started the Willow TV show the other night. Um so I've only seen the first episode because I wanted to rewatch the movie first. So I rewatched the movie and then I watched the first episode and I'm planning on watching that the rest of this weekend and catching up. So just so that's what I'm doing. You know how in like Andor they're praised, oh, finally a dark take on Star Wars that's nothing like Mm -hmm. Star Wars, so therefore it's the best. Uh or um or when they do a Marvel show and they're like, this is nothing like the rest of Marvel. So therefore it's good. You know what this Willow show is like? It's like Willow. And (laughs) my kids love the characters. They love them. They think about them. They talk about them. Oh, that's awesome. And and, and I, I don't know if there's an audience for this show, but I can tell that people who don't have a sense of wonder, people who let's say aren't open enough to like something like cats are probably not (laughs) going to, get into willow but it's great it's imagine very excited to watch it game of thrones type show but instead of like inappropriate violence and sexual misconduct the characters are funny and caring and diverse (laughs) and interesting and it's it's wonderful lovely it's lovable okay sounds like a treat that's that's my recommendation too and i would like to recommend a band the stars becky and i went to go see them last Mm -hmm. night and i know forever it's one of becky and lily's favorite bands you've put their music on mixes for me and i've even had tickets once before and just not gone and they are a phenomenal i'm so glad you went their live show their their music is great on record but their live show is outstanding and and i have to say their voices 20 years later perfect beautiful perfect well, the, they must take very about, good care of their vocal cords because they the, both sound perfect the voices are amazing 
and the music is edgy or live, which is like such a great way to hear the music. I had so much fun. It was great. Becky, thank you for bringing me. Becky brought yeah, me. It's a lot of fun. Becky, and when I say brought me, Becky handled the Uber. She, I traveled well, last. One of one of the one of the Uber. <laughs> That's still wonderful. That's all right, fifty percent better than the rest of my track record. <laughs> you can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Fry Night Movie. Remember to go to Instagram. Voting for the Signal Awards ends on December twenty second, and as of now, with us doing the most possible promotion, we are just slightly ahead of Conan O'Brien. <laughs> um for the limited series co-host category and everyone every if everyone votes we might have a chance of losing admirably so just stay stay, yes. stay with it everyone and a huge thanks to mike abrams part two we'll continue on the wrong cat died gotta check it out uh the theme music is by what does it eat and uh thanks for doing the show bye guys bye